Good afternoon, baseball fans. It is Monday, February 5th. And if you see us, and this is the second episode that you're that you're watching on the Monday, February 5th, yes, we are recording a second episode for you because that's how we hustle. And that's how we roll. Um, this is Bourbon and Baseball. I am Susie. That is Kelsey. And we have a very special guest for you today. However, before we do that, I have to give you the, the warning because unfortunately, that's Again, how we roll here at Bourbon and Baseball. This is a R-rated show. If you have tiny ears listening and or cuss words offend you, you should probably not listen to this show or watch the show because I will inadvertently offend you. So um, if the F word, you know, doesn't please your ears, turn this off right now. And, you know, go find another baseball show that doesn't cuss. There's lots of them out there. But this over here, I like to play play a little bit uh, loose and fast with with our words, especially me. And uh, maybe some inappropriate adult humor, because also that is how I roll. So with that said, Kelsey, take it away and introduce our lovely, fabulous guest. Yeah, we have a bonus episode coming at you today on Bourbon and Baseball with special guest Scott Braun, who you may know from many things, but most recently as the host of Foul Territory. Scott, how's it going today? I'm great. Great to see both of you, Susie and Kelsey. And you're right. I would say definitely earmuffs for some people out there. We'll do our best. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I won't. I won't do my best. That's how so. you roll at FB Live, too. So, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We we actually generally have been OK, but occasionally you get a fan in the chat who's like, hey, my kid's listening. And I'm like, how old your kids? Like 13. I'm like, well, they, this is probably not the first time they've heard <laughs> <laughs> so if but us breaking the news, then I guess you have to put the ultimate lockdown on all of their devices forever because eventually they're going to hear the word. And I think we got bigger shit to worry about in life. So I'm this like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Good point. Well, Scott, I'm going to give listeners just a little bit of background on you before we get into it. Cause I mean, you spend every single day interviewing lots of people, but we are going to interview you. And I'm excited for our listeners and for us just to get to know a little bit more about the man behind the magic over at Foul Territory. So Scott Braun is a four-time Emmy Award-winning content executive and host. Scott has done it all from play-by-play announcing, hosting, producing for ESPN, NHL Network, and MLB Network, to content development and consulting for MLB Network and the Major League Baseball Alumni Association, as well as Extreme Networks. Most recently, he has taken his executive producing and hosting talents to live daily digital shows like Foul Territory. Foul Territory features unfiltered conversations, lively debates, and unique player insights, basically like all of the things that we really want from the mainstream sports media, but we're not getting. They've got it. The game's hottest topics, live, weekdays on YouTube and other digital platforms. So Foul Territory actually premiered on, is this right, March 1st of 2023? You did your first show? That's correct. So we're, we're about coming up on in. a year. Almost yeah. There. Yes. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'm excited to get to talk to you a year in here. But mm-hmm. tell us to just kick it off. How did Foul Territory even come to fruition? And how did the group that you have working on the show come together? So this is years in the talking, right? And then eventually even years in the making. But it was first conversations with players that I'm covering or then former players that eventually were out of the game and you're talking to and everybody had the same theme popping up over and over again that our sport needs to be covered in a different way from what it's being covered um, because some of the mainstream media was starting to ditch baseball right you just get less of it when you would go to your classic shows also 
the way that we consume content now is changing. It's been changing. It's changing now, I think, in hyperspeed with people cutting the cord and also just choosing to listen to podcasts, digital shows, et cetera, like yours, like what we do at File Territory. I know I felt that way where I'm like, where's my daily go-to spot to get authentic baseball coverage? I didn't feel like it existed. And then I also felt like we were shortchanging the talent in our sport the players, we were shortchanging the baseball personalities and the writers from going over topics that I felt like weren't being covered. And also just getting the clubhouse conversation that you get that's so entertaining. That's the best part of my former job. When you go into the clubhouse, talk to the players, talk to the managers. I just didn't feel like that was actually converting to the fans. And it should because we have great personalities in our sport. And I felt like we were getting lapped by sports like football and basketball where so many of them have their own shows or they're very accessible on their own shows. And we were missing that. So I started to build that with some people behind the scenes. And then of course, like you mentioned some talent in front of the phone camera, whatever you want to call it these days. So it just started with conversations with AJ Pruszynski. I'm in studio AJ right now with Todd Frazier in Jersey with Eric Kratz. who I think is one of the most like sleeper talent, baseball content creators out there who wasn't as big of a name as say AJ and as Todd, but knows everybody in the game. He's just super talented. And you just start to think who is fresh out of the game, you know, in the past for many of them year or two. And then for some others, maybe five years that should be featured more frequently in the baseball media landscape. And that's where you start to add Adam Jones, Jason Kipnis, Brock Holt, Lorenzo Kane, who everybody loves. And on the insider portion, my former teammate at MLB, Ken Rosenthal, right? Ken's the probably brightest mind and the biggest newsbreaker in the past 20 years in the sport. He needs to be featured more frequently, too, on a show. Obviously, he does great work on Fox for Games and The Athletic for his writing capabilities. But once he left MLB, he felt like, at least for me, You needed more Ken in your life. So he's back and he has his own show and he's on our show multiple times a week. So you just start putting together your dream recipe for an everyday baseball network. And that's simply what we're doing. And then we're going to keep adding layers to it. But it's been an awesome first year and we're there every freaking day, including every day in the off season too, for two hours a day. And then, you know, bonus content and splitting everything up so that people can consume it wherever they want. TikTok, podcast, YouTube live, et cetera. So now, did you go to AJ and you're like, AJ, let's let's team up and let's do this thing? Or did you did you I, I don't assume that you held auditions or anything like that. But, you know, what was that process like? Well, AJ doesn't need one because we've been watching him on Fox for years and he's been one of my favorite broadcasters for years and actually was probably number one on my list of baseball personalities that I wanted to work with that I hadn't worked with at my prior job because he was at Fox and I was at MLB. And also you felt like there was another gear there that you can unlock if you have him on a daily talk show. And clearly we've seen that. I mean, he is full of strong takes. He knows so many people in the game. He's got plenty of dirt in his spikes. So just the perfect formula for a guy that can stand out on a show like this. And you're right, Susie, I did flat out go up to him and say, mm-hmm. Hey dude, want to do a show? And he's like, go on. And we list everything. And I even, move down here to be able to be next to him every day here in Orlando at Studio AJ. So we pitched the concept and it's not a hard pitch because 
everyone felt the same way. It's like, hey, what's the daily show you're going to for all of your real talk baseball? And he's like, there is none. I mean, even at my past spot at MLB, because I'm such a big podcast person for years and I've had prior podcasts and people were like, you know, I'd get some of the former player analysts coming up to me. Hey, I need like a daily baseball podcast. What do you got? And I'd give them some options, but I'm like, we need more. And so that's what you start to put together here. So it's not a tough sell. The toughest sell is time commitment, because in my opinion, in baseball, you should be delivering more content than you should say in football, because there's games every day, especially during the season and getting a former player who's made money, who's been on the road a lot to commit to something like this is a very, very heavy commitment, but it makes it a little easier when we set up home studios for them. (laughs) Yeah, that would be be true. And we all know, I mean, we all as baseball fans like know AJ Prezinski, which is super cool. But you are you're the lone, I mean, other than Ken, who I love the legitimacy that he establishes as part of the foul territory crew is just so cool. Like I was telling my husband the other day, like he doesn't, he has caught your show from time to time, but he does not watch it religiously the way that I do. And when I mentioned that like Ken is on, he was like, he's he's a very casual baseball fan. He just really watches with me. He was like, Whoa, Ken Rosenthal is on foul territory. Like this shit is serious. Okay. So yeah, that's, I think that's absolutely worth mentioning and noting because baseball fans from, you know, no matter how they consume content, know Ken Rosenthal, but you are the only non-player and you totally hold your own. I think you bring a great perspective in terms of being like the entertainment and kind of business side of the game too, from a different perspective, but you went to school for broadcast journalism and sports administration, got into hosting play-by-play, like we mentioned, did you always have an idea of the kind of content that you wanted to ultimately produce or what did the pathway look like that ultimately led you to the digital world? Yes. So it's funny. I got into the business in this very way. So if you backtrack all the way to college, my summer job was I was the broadcaster for the Chatham A's in the Cape Cod Baseball League. Mm-hmm. And back then, probably three or four years before I was there, maybe a little longer than that, the broadcasting program was established. For Chatham and that eventually spilled into all of the other teams in the Cape League but what I was able to do was bring a digital component so we were doing the show for radio or you could listen on your phone and I was into YouTube when it was just getting started back then I mean this is like 2010-ish range no even before that maybe 2008 or 9 and that's early days of YouTube and I said hey Chatham A's can you give us 150 bucks to buy a flip cam and then we can do all of these pre-game interviews on video and then we can upload them to YouTube. And they said, okay, after my first year there, you know, first year you're, you're with the older person that's with you, that brings you in, you kind of just get settled. And then you say, Hey, can I try a few other things here? So we built a media team out and this was in college. And then I was able to take that back to school and actually pitch that to network. So I actually did that for ESPN. So it was an entrepreneurial way to get myself into a place like ESPN to call games and do some hosting because I brought my little flip cam with me and (laughs) they were covering the Miami heat pretty in depth. And especially right. I was, as I was getting close to finishing up school, I said, Hey, why don't we do some video segments with some of these great writers down here and pair those video clips with the articles that are put out on ESPN.com free of charge. I just want to get involved. And they're like, cool, let's do that. Oh, wow. Our video clips are getting more hits because we're talking about the exact topic that's in those articles, right? This was kind of a newer concept back then. That was how I was a differentiator. You know, it wasn't like someone just said, oh, out of the tens of thousands of college students that want to do this, 
let's just find this guy. It was because I kind of created a little business out of it. And that's how I was able to weave my way into getting some cool opportunities at a younger age. And so that's built into after school working for cbssports.com. I was just always very into the digital side. I remember as long ago as I could look back to my fantasy football and fantasy baseball playing days, like maybe 10 years old, I'm watching clips on cbssports.com. They were one of the first digital sites that had video content with Larry Beal and Chris Carter was doing some work when he was still playing. And that's how I was watching, partially because I wasn't allowed to have television in my room. So I was like, haha, I have a computer to do essays, but I also can find some sports TV on here. So you add all of that up and then that's how I get into the industry. And of course, then I eventually went to MLB and worked there for over a decade. But now you flip it back around and I'm again circling back to my first love, which has enhanced itself quite a bit since then in podcasts and into doing digital shows and making them look just as premium and just as pro as TV does, but having less rules and in my mind, having more flexibility, which is what people deserve. What you don't, you don't want to deal with the FCC on a, on a daily. Like, I don't, I don't know why that would not be fun to you. I don't want to deal with the FCC. I don't want to deal with a million people watching every word that I'm saying. I mean, I just want to say it like it is. And I think that's what a lot of fans want and need, especially in our game. I think baseball is so unique because you can bring up all of the ownership personalities that are in our game and they directly impact your team. One of the proudest weeks in FT history already is you look back to last week. We were very, very big on the coverage of the Orioles sale. John Mm -hmm. Angelos passing the torch to Rubenstein and the rest of that group and did some homework on what that group's going to be like and brought up a conversation about how everything's about to change in Baltimore. I don't think we expected it to change in like 24 hours where already Corbin Burns gets added on. And I still believe that there's a little part of the new ownership group that not had a say, but made that deal a little easier to put together because it's not John Angelos's money anymore coming up. Right. So we cover a story like that where you just don't get much coverage about how an ownership change will directly affect what's going on on the field. That needs to be talked about when you're going over a baseball show. So we bring on the person who broke that story and talk about the business side, talk about how it's going to affect the team. And then Corbin Burns gets traded and we get to bring him on right after he gets dealt and go over everything too, which includes conversations about him thinking that the Brewers were surprising himself and everyone else on that team since they showed signs of wanting to compete with Reese Hoskins. So I just think the culmination of everything from that week describes what fans deserve in a baseball network these days. And in my mind, weren't getting anywhere else for shows. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. If you haven't watched it yet, go back and watch the episodes from last week. And that will give you, I agree. It's like the perfect snapshot of everything that you created it for. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was full circle moment. We've had a few of those, but that one shines because I just was missing that in my life when I'm working in baseball in the past and to get that full perspective on what's happening from the player perspective, from the Ken and the other insider perspective, there's no guests that we can't bring on and they can say whatever the hell they want, right? We can't control what they say. So sometimes they might go off the rails depending on who it is. Sometimes former players have a time on our show, but we want to bring them on and let them air it out. Right. Um, and I'm I'm also w- with you, Scott, that uh, I think that the new ownership group kind of 
let Michael Elias know maybe in the background, hey, it's okay to trade some of your guys. We'll be here to like help supplement a little bit later on. Because I really think that he was like, I'm not letting go of any of these guys because I don't know what's going to happen here. And I need to I need to keep all of these guys because that's what I'm going to do. And John Angelus was keeping the payroll down. I mean, they, the what? Right. Lowest or second lowest payroll is a seventy million dollar yeah. payroll, which is an incredible job by Michael Elias to build a team back up like that. They also had been tanking for many years, but now that city deserves a contender that invests a little bit of money into the franchise because we can do some simple math. I know we're not great here, but we can do some simple math and see the local TV money plus the national TV money plus the gate receipts plus the revenue sharing there is profiting going on. So you need to put a little more back into your ball club when you made your fan base suffer for about six years of pain. You probably lost a, a generation of fans. Now is the time to go all in and get a title because baseball has shown time and time again, the aggressive teams win when they need to be most aggressive. And that's what Texas has done over the last couple of years. Shh, don't remind us. That's that's not what Sorry. we want to be reminded of. Too soon. Jeez, oh, too soon, too soon. <laughs> Um, anyway, so how, how do you get the players to come on? Is that, um, are you going through agents? Are you, are you texting these people? Are you sliding into people's DMS? Like how, how is this, how is this happening? So we have a lot of people behind the scenes that have worked in baseball. So that helps, right? Everybody has a Rolodex that they tap into. And then we have Mm -hmm. one master Rolodex man who is in charge of all of the guest booking, who's, who's a co-founder with me, Mark Wiener, his name is, and he worked at ESPN for many years and then at MLB. And he is very connected within the sport, not just with the players, but also with all of those writers and personalities in baseball that we bring on all of the time. And then just do the math from AJ to Kratz to me to Todd. All of these people have connections in the sport. And so we just have all kinds of group texts and Slack messages popping up all the time. Hey, we should get this person on. And we work with agents, we work with teams, we work with the individual players. I do slide into some DMs. And <laughs> nowadays, I've shifted that DM sliding over to the foul territory account because it's got more right. juice. And you send a message over, hey, want to come on the show? And you get a pretty high response rate because the players like the show. They, most of them know about it at this point, And many of them consume it. If, if they don't consume it you know, during the live show or something, they consume it on a social platform, catch clips afterwards or download the pod. And I think for them, too, they feel like it's a spot where they can learn from a former player perspective and hear some of their peers speaking. So I think it it really fits to the industry. I've been told that there are a lot of people in the baseball industry, from players to agents to team executives, that are high on the show because they're getting some things from that show that they wouldn't be getting elsewhere. I believe it. Well, you have interviewed something like over 200 players at this point, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think we're getting close to 300 player guest spots because we've already done, I think we're in like the 260-ish range for how many shows we've done. And we have three guests per day. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot. <laughs> Amazing. So you, the thing that's so cool about the nature of your show, too, is you develop a certain level of rapport with them that is very unique to the show. And... We thought it might be fun to ask you a few questions about like which player that you've had on the show that you think might be best suited for different things. You know, I think it plays into the 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 content of your show a little bit because these are the kind of things that you might learn or feel more connected to players on when you watch foul territory. So Susie, you wanna kick it off for us? Sure thing. So um which player would you most trust to be your stylist 
or dress you for a red carpet event? So we're going off players we've had on? Yes. Okay, cool. So the one that pops up for recent dress that stands out is Tyler Glass now. He had this custom coat that was on, very colorful, very my vibe, very California, very festival vibe, stands out, but not too much. So I would say Tyler Glass now fits the bill. Plus, he can also just buy the clothing for me at this point since he signed a nice hefty extension and he is a super nice dude. So I would say Glass now can can run with it. If, if I went shopping with him for a day, I think we'd have a good time and we'd have kind of similar vibes there. Because for me, he doesn't dress exactly how I dress now. He dresses how I dress sometimes, but I aspire to dress more like him. That's a good one. Oh, we've actually, we would like to know what hair care products Tyler Glass now uses. So if you can ask him about that next time he's on the show, that'd be great. Gotcha. That's also what will happen in the chat. I can do my hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Please and thank you. That's, these are the hard hitting questions that most of your fan base wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yes, please. Sure. I like this because I usually ask me. So I, I like being interviewed. As right. you can imagine, it's fun to be on the other side and just kind of kick back and be like, all right, you go. You go. What are your questions? For sure. For sure. Do you want to do the second question, Kels? Yeah, I guess on uh, a totally different skill set here, which player would you be most likely to call if you had car trouble? Ooh, car trouble. I feel like a lot of them are pretty good D- DIY guys. But like who would show up? Like, who would come get you, just drop what they're doing and be like, Scott, I'm going to teach you how to change a tire today. Okay, so this is going to be a surprising answer because the last time he was on with us was actually the first time that we had – little lateness issue with him because he messed up the Eastern versus Central Standard Time and he talked about it on the show. But Lance Lynn is a dude, there's no doubt about it, that he can change a tire in five minutes and he would definitely come out there and be like, listen, Braun, I'm going to show you how to do this and you're going to get it done, okay? I'm going to do it in five minutes. Then we're going to drive to wherever we need to go. Then I'm going to rip this tire back off and you're going to have to put it back on, okay? So I'll say Lance Lynn, rugged, uh, definitely knows how to fix a tire and um yeah i won't ask him for the for the style game although i think he dresses okay but he he's definitely a guy that fits that bill because i think madison bumgarner did that once we haven't had him on the show but um he actually in real life fixed like a flat tire on a team bus so i feel like lance lynn is kind of in that same mold of you know gamer get it done well you know rides horses fixes tires i i think it 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 all fits it all (laughs) yes yeah. Imagine my shocked face when I learned that Madison Bumgarner was a rodeo clown at some point. I was like, I'm sorry, wait, what now? Oh, wait, I didn't yeah. know that. That that, oh, yeah. reads, that reads. You need yeah. to Google that story. Whoever, I don't remember, put it out, but he has a, a rodeo name and he Amazing. was going out there and someone's out there like, that dude looks familiar. This was a few years ago. I'll find the name yeah. while we're while while, we're while he was still like while he was still like actually playing. Now, mind you, Correct. this was yeah, this was um, again for for reference. There's before baseball Susie, which is anything before 2018, and then after baseball Susie. So imagine my surprise when I learned that Madison Bumgarner was an actually good pitcher at one point in time oh. and didn't <laughs> always have like a five plus ERA. I'm all I'm I'm sorry. What now? You, you're, Dude you is mean a to legend. tell me that? Yeah. yeah. No. Now, in my head, Madison Bumgarner always had a five-five plus ERA, <laughs> and I was like, "What? What do you? What do you mean, Madison Bumgarner was was good?" And they're like, "Oh, Susie." And they were like, "Of course, she's a radio clown on the side." 
<laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Mason Saunders. His wife, Allie's maiden name is Saunders. So it's not bull riding. It's team roping is what it's called. Oh. And okay. he was a star and he was hanging out in uh, 2020 spring training. Someone revealed his alter ego. I mean, that's yeah. a serious skill. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would love to bring him on to talk about it. He's probably not going to want to talk about it, but we'll do our best. And now, <laughs> I mean, he's out of the game, but we will yeah. try to get Madison on at some point. Yeah, I feel like um, FT is a safe, quote unquote, safe place for, for for players to come and talk candidly about things because they see the other players go on and they're like, oh, yeah, no, that OK. You know, because we've had. I've asked many a player to come on this show, but everyone's like, who the fuck are you, Susie? Like, we're not going to come talk to you. Like, you're not like you're nobody. But, you know, but they don't they don't know me from Adam. So they don't they don't know. Like, what what is she going to do with the content? You know, and so I feel like that's a it's a great place for players to come and just talk and kind of be themselves and reveal themselves as the person versus the baseball player. Totally. And um one thing that I really enjoyed about FT was the Legends series. Like, mm. like I said, there is a, a a before baseball Susie, which is literally anything before 2018. And so I've been listening to those um, Legends shirt, and I was like, oh my gosh! Like I'm learning all 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 kinds of fun facts that I that I wasn't aware of before. And I'm yeah, like, hold on, baseball was my a mind crazy is blown. World. Let me. <laughs> <laughs> Pause and and rewind and go over that again. So, um, I've been I've been enjoying learning the 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 history of of some of the players. Thank you. Yeah, we've had some good ones on Legends territory. I mean, Doug Mankiewicz actually was one of our first, and he was just absolutely ripping, letting loose on some of his former teammates. That actually had a lot of good things to say about the dude right behind me, Derek Jeter. He did not have as friendly remarks uh, for his. Uh, former teammate and former, I think, high school teammate, Alex Rodriguez, but you got Mark McGuire talking about roids, which he like almost never does. And just it, there's some real deep combos in that Legends territory world. But I mean, I think it's because for the current players that are coming on, many of them are, are young. And even though some of these players just got out of the game, like Todd Father and Adam Jones, they look up to those guys. So they're like, yeah, cool. I get to spend 15 minutes with Krasinski or, or Frazier, whatever. Right. So that definitely helps. They get excited to talk to them. And the one thing, you know, we don't have any quote rules, but the one thing we won't go to for the most part is we're not bringing the guys on being like, so how's your dating life? Like, let's go over, you know, some of those in my mind, it's not inappropriate, but it's just, it's not topics we're going down. They don't want to go down those topics. I mean, I know there's other media companies out there that are talking about, you know, Oh, so you're around your teammates naked, but like we, I'm like, no, I'm not interested in that stuff. There's a, there's other media companies that cover that, so it's not for us. So I think that people realize that we're gonna go deep on topics, and we might ask you about your owner, we might ask you about a player that you don't like anymore, or, or just some juicy situation going on in the game. But it's about the game, so I think that's what helps. I mean, yeah, we'll get into some fun personal life. Sure, you got married, whatever. It's fun stuff like that that they're posting on their own socials. But I do feel like there's just this one line that not your show, but that some <laughs> some shows cross and then it kind of turns off the entire group of players. And then they kind of say that show's off of our list. We're not going to go on a show like that because they're going to try and embarrass us. And we're not trying to yeah. do that. That's a really good point. You have, you do, you have like a very natural level of discretion that everybody just seems to be on the same page about where 
yeah, you've got some 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 fluffy stuff, some personality stuff, but it's not personal life stuff. That's like the line, if you could describe exactly. it, I guess. But back to the fluffy stuff here, Scott, because I got to know. <laughs> Which it, player do you think would be most difficult to beat in a dance-off? Oh, actually, that's an easy one. So for us, we had Kike Hernandez on a few times last year. I have yeah. no chance. Kike was great because we have him on when he's with Boston. Then he gets traded back to LA. We're talking to him about what he's going to do when he gets back. Like, I think we had one other teammate on right around that time. I think it was Muncie. And he was like, watch, he's going to do the absolute Kike shake of his life. And he does. So it was fun. I mean, Kike brings the kind of dance, dance club vibes into the Dodgers dugout. And he's just an incredible dancer. Like it's, Sure, there, there's some practice in there, but some of that is just natural talent. Some people's yeah. bodies just can't move like that. So he's just a freakish, quick twitch, super flexible athlete that can embarrass most people on the dance floor. So Kike, easy winner on that front for me. Mm. All right, Susie, bring um, us home. Okay, so I, I'm going off script, and I'm so sorry oh, about this, right. but I got to know. Um, is there any player that you interviewed that has come on foul, foul territory that – you expected to kind of be like one way and he just ended up being not maybe not the opposite way, but just a completely different way. Like could be funny, could be more serious than you thought. Any any of those types of players? I think that happens very often. Yeah. And I can think of both sides where you bring on a guy and you think that he's going to be pretty loose and, and crazy based off how you know him. You also could just catch them on a certain day and then vice right. versa where you're like, wow, I didn't know this guy can lay it out like this. So I think I had done one or two Zach Allen interviews in the past, but it was just super real. We asked him about keeping receipts with his uh, time, not getting as many Cy Young votes two years ago with writers. And then even talking about how he was pissed off that the Cardinals traded him and felt like he wasn't doing exactly what they wanted him to do, but he felt like he was doing nothing wrong. They wanted him to like show up to some mini camp after he's already totally spent and Felt like he was kind of punished for that. I felt like those kind of stories were pretty cool and also helps to tell you the story of how someone like that, who obviously has a lot of natural ability and then, you know, keeps progressing, has that edge, you know, that you see from some of those one and two starters in Major League Baseball. So for me. Oh, we lost. Oh, we lost your audio, Scott. Can't hear you, Scott. <laughs> Lose me for a sec. You have me? Oh, there you are. You're yeah. back. I was getting a phone call. Am I back? Oh, you're back. Yes, you're back. Yep. I'm back. Okay. Sorry. I was getting a phone call, which actually happens on our show very frequently. So we'll bring players on and they'll get a phone call or they'll be on a tablet and they're getting a FaceTime and then the screen will go black for a second and we'll lose them and then they'll pop back on. And a few times they get like the repeats where someone's really trying to reach them and they're like, stop it. Give me five minutes. I'm on foul territory right now. But anyway, um, so I was mentioning, uh, you heard some of what I said earlier. Start, start me back where, where I stopped. About Zach Allen. Zach Allen. So that um, one with out. the Cardinals, yep. One of the best interviews in the sport. Um, Adley Rutschman was kind of quieter than I thought he was going to be, but I think we might have just caught him at a quiet time. And I think there's probably some concerns with a player like that, that he's going to get asked about like a contract extension thing because – Sure. His owner was so firm about 
saying that he wasn't going to give out contract extensions. But now he should be really happy because there's a new ownership group and they'll probably make some contract offers because I'm sure Adley wants to be there for a long time. That team is freaking stacked. So he stands out. But I would say of the, like, whatever the number is, I would say almost half of them pop up and then we're within the chat like, oh, this dude's awesome. Or, oh, this dude's a little quieter. Like, we got to get him going, right? Like, let's let's kind of ask him more questions, you know, early on to, to kind of warm him up. So... Um, trying to think of any players that stand out that are one way or the other. Well, I can give you a, a pretty personal example because I had interviewed him quite a few times in the past and I had even done a show or two with him on TV in the past at MLB. Rowdy Telez mm. is a character. Yeah. Is what some folks would say a hoot. He, <laughs> <laughs> he is a fun-loving trash talker. He... I think provides a lot of comedic relief in a clubhouse. And also if you don't know him and then you just hear him for the first time in an interview, you'd be like, Oh, he was being rude. And you're like, no, that's how he is. Like (laughs) he's fun. He loves to curse. So interviewing him in the past and even doing a show with him really didn't unlock what he truly was like. And I'm like, people need to see what this dude is like. I know he was coming off, you know, a pretty gruesome injury last year, hurting his finger and all that. But, the year before, he's almost a 30 and 100 guy. He played on the Brewers. It's a big power bat. And I'm like, nobody knows this guy. And they should because he's freaking hilarious. So that's a guy who's been on the show very frequently. And I think more people need to just get to know who the Rowdy Telez type characters are in Major League Baseball. So when he came on our show for the first time, which was in March of 2023 during the World Baseball Classic, he was Rowdy. Yeah. Hey, Team Mexico just won. We're ripping tequila shots. Let's fucking go. You're just getting the whole thing completely laid out the way you want it to in terms of what his experience was like with Team Mexico. And then he's telling us like who he's giving shit to. It just goes down the line. And then you see that really every time he's on the show. And that even includes back and forth that he has with someone like AJ. Because he tells AJ when he was a kid, he didn't like sign his baseball. And now he hates (laughs) him. You know, like just all that stuff that you get in the clubhouse, he, to me, brings that out as much as anybody, right? Where you get to learn about some of the different characters that you get in a clubhouse. And um, I would say he's one that I knew had it in him, but until we brought him on for the first time, that's when you're like, yes, this is what I'm going for. People need to see this. That's awesome. I mean, feel free to pass on the message to Rowdy that if he wants to be himself on any show, he's more than welcome to come over here and (laughs) We will let him be rowdy all day, every day. Yeah, he definitely fits, yeah, the Susie rated R vibes <laughs> yes. you're looking yes. for. He would be like one of the top we, targets on a guest list. We can drink we can drink bourbon, we can drink tequila, and we will just talk all of the balls. Um, Hell yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, there are um, so many have, things about – sorry, I'll – I'll shut up. After ahead, this. I was just going to say, there's so many things about the show that make it work, but just one of the other things are the personalities, the different personalities of the host. Like AJ can bring out so something totally different in a guy like Rowdy than, you know, you might and vice versa with different players. So that's just another thing that makes foul territory. Awesome. Yeah. I didn't play. So I step aside. I mean, I'm on here as much as I can to be a point guard and just get us to the next guest, set up segments, bring up discussion points challenge people on what they're saying, provide a fan slash for me, front office perspective. I wasn't in a front office, but like you mentioned, Kelsey, I'm really studying the business of baseball and 
uh, that's where I feel like I have my best strengths, just being around, you know, team executives and working for the league for a long time. So I let the players do the player thing. Hey, Mookie Betts just said every team's going to be looking out for them. What do you guys think about that? Because over the weekend, so many people are like, he's going to regret saying that players are going to be pissed. Then we bring on some of the most outspoken players in recent history. And they're like, actually, it was fine. AJ's like, I had to play up against the Yanks, so they were going to beat the shit out of us. So I, I thought that player perspective was really good. So that's all them. They star on that front. I'm just kind of guiding us through life. It is really fun, though, Scott, to have someone like you who is because you guys do break news at times on the show. And it is really fun to have someone who does like has a personality that's kind of breaking news sometimes because that's one of the things that sometimes I miss. Um, you know, news is news and that's important, too. But it, I loved how excited you were about the sale of the Orioles and like hearing the passion that you have behind everything that you're talking about is something that is different from other sports shows as well. This is going to sound weird, but it's one of the best moments of my career when they were sold because I don't even know if some people realize how much their lives are about to change and even if you're not an Orioles fan the, these are the gatekeepers of our sport whether you like it or not the yeah. people that run the sport make most of the decisions they can completely yeah. lift it or they can completely shoot it down like John Fisher does with the Oakland A's so when you are able to pass the torch to someone else who we don't clearly completely know yet but the bar is set so low from the previous owner and what he was doing to the team and to the city. It is a huge win for the entire sport. And also I think the league understands that too. Like we bring on Dan Connolly, who's been covering the Orioles for a long time. And he's like, Rob Manfred's probably got champagne on ice. I bet you that's the case. Like, you know, the, the league office wants the league to thrive. They don't have to deal with someone who's annoying. That's a win for everybody. <laughs> So, yes, it was a very happy moment for me. I had Orioles fans texting me. I started doing some homework on what that ownership group was like. So that's what that's my fandom. That's what I root for. I root for cities and fan bases getting what they deserve. Not everyone's going to be able to win all the time. We had one fan ask us, well, there's a finance person who took over the Mets and look at them since. I'm like, yeah, it, it hasn't been that long. And I think most Mets fans are pretty pleased with the new ownership group versus the past one. Unposed, yeah. You're only going to have one winner per year. And yes, they spent it. Spending doesn't just convert into winning, but it's not, it goes beyond that. It, it's investing in your team. It's investing in your fans. It's being transparent. People want good people running teams. This should be a toy for right. people that are running yeah. ball clubs. Cause it's kind of like your civic duty when you run a team, most teams are getting tax dollars. Like to me, there's a deeper meaning and you're just looking for people that are the most fortunate on the planet to have a heart and care about everyone that, you know, they're um, entertaining on a daily basis. Yep. For sure. So um, I don't want to keep you uh, too much longer, Scott, but this is the last question I promise. And then I will let you go. Um, okay. I have to ask because when I first started watching uh, Foul Territory, I was like, Scott Braun? As in, like, the Scott Braun? And then I was, like, watching the show, I'm all, no, it's a totally different Scott Braun. Like, do you get do you get confused with Scott Braun, the music producer, like, multi-billionaire, like, Justin Bieber, Usher guy? <laughs> well, that's or Scooter. Scooter Braun. Well, yeah. but, but don't people call you Scooter, too? Or no? A Am little I bit. I get a little that? Scooter, you know from some people in the chat because i've told them i have some people in my life like my uncle growing up called me scooter actually my former colleague lauren Chahadi would call me scooter so there's a few scooter uh call outs in there but Susie, going back to when i first got into the national television world uh -huh. with 
um, ESPN, CBS, and then MLB is when I probably was getting hit the most with the demos. Can I send you my essentially mixtape? And then eventually, what was that, five, six years ago where you had the whole beef between Scooter and Taylor over her music library? I couldn't tell you much (laughs) about that whole story, but I did get some angry messages about it. So it's cooled off. But you are right. I did get that, especially early on when I was first kind of entering the media sphere where people didn't do their homework and they would see Scott versus Scooter because he pretty clearly labels himself Scooter. So that's the one thing that kind of kind of separate me um, in terms of avoiding, you know, the Swifties and the I don't know what the Beaver fans are, the B-Bets, whatever they call themselves. But um, I do love music and uh, I am not Scooter Braun. I am not in the music industry. I have some cool friends in the music industry that I respect a lot, but um, I do not know how to manage those folks. So <laughs> it's a good call. It's that. And the other one I get is... I, especially I used to get is, are you related to Ryan Braun? Because we went oh, to yeah. the same school. Right. You have the same last name. I actually recently was in a poker tournament up north and AJ's playing at the table next to me and people start to recognize him. And then they're like, I know you. And then one guy thought I was Ryan Braun. And then he, and I just didn't say anything. I was playing. And then he's like, I thought you were Ryan Braun. But then I Googled Ryan Braun and he was like, you're not Ryan Braun. And he's like, I watch you on, on TV back in the day. I was like, yes, yes. So <laughs> those are the two that, I would kind of get call outs for who have their unique pasts, but, but uh, I, I have DM'd with Scooter and we've exchanged words that I have gotten some of his um, fan mail, both positive and negative. And then I also did a quick rundown with Ryan the first time that we met and said, do we have any family members in common? And the answer was, we do not. Not yet. That ancestry.com <laughs> could pop up any day now, but right. Right. Exactly. Not that we know of. Well, um, again, we, Scott, we really appreciate you coming on the show and um, plug where the people can find you and the show. Okay. So at File Territory TV on Twitter to follow our account there. And then on most other social media accounts, it's at File Territory Show. So YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, type in File Territory on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify and FileTerritoryShop.com if you want to support the merch fam. But that's all the places for the most part that you can catch foul territory. And you know, we answer a lot of fan DMS and requests for guests. So we get to as much as we can trying to be, you know, FT for the people we say, um, but also just right back at you. Appreciate both of you for your support of the show. Love what both of you are doing in the baseball content space. So um, a lot of respect and, and Susie and Kelsey, I know, um, like I've seen what in, in the past few weeks, especially Kelsey will pop up sometimes in the YouTube chat. And it's something that actually kind of contributes to our show and is very helpful little information or a question for one of our guests. So that means a lot because I like doing that. I It's I so cool that you can do that. You are yeah. a voice for the people. You can freaking like you're watching your favorite baseball players live and you can ask them a question via Scott Braun on foul territory. It's, it's awesome. And everyone is, I mean, you've got a huge following already, but the more and more people find out about it, it's just going to blow up. Thank you. I genuinely love doing that. I've been doing that for a long time. I presented some ideas that we were able to implement back on my old gig. And then even when I was the voice for the YouTube game of the week, when that package used to exist, I would be taking away from my play-by-play skills, which sometimes would get criticized because I'm looking at a chat and bringing up questions during the game. I'm like, it's a 
June 10th Brewers Pirates game. <laughs> the Pirates are already 30 games out. And I'm like, let's have some freaking fun. We have like this gorgeous like interface and this great chat with all these fans that are watching a 10-2 blowout. And we're currently interviewing Corbin Burns in the fourth inning. I'm like, let's bring questions from the fans. And some of that stuff was kind of newer to the party, especially within one whole broadcast. Like all you need to do is go on one page and you have it all in a one-stop shop where you can watch the game and interact and contribute to the conversation. It is impossible to be able to completely lock eyes on the game at all times and do that. I did the best that I could obviously just between (laughs) pitches and stuff like that. So you miss a thing or two, but I was like, that's a sacrifice I'm going to make for a June 10th blowout because I want fans (laughs) to be involved in the conversation. So now I get to do that every day on this show. I am as active as I can in that uh, YouTube chat for the live fans. So thank you, Kelsey, for contributing to it. And obviously love what both of you are doing. We're, I'm I'm going to just clip that and that's just going to be um, our header for for YouTube. Like Scott Braun <laughs> says that we're awesome. So, yeah, you should just you should listen to us as well. So, uh, well, Scott, again, we appreciate um, and thank you for your time. I know you're super busy um, and, you know, anytime you want to come on and talk ball, feel free. Um, thank you. you. We know you're busy, so yeah. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Obviously, happy to do it again sometime. And yeah, once we once we get into the season a little bit, let's talk some some ball, some Astros ball, maybe some Cardinals ball if they bounce back. So we'll get into all the all the good stuff. No, for sure. No, no. They need they need some but they need some spice in that for including me in the conversation. I got you. Brewers just gave you a little more life. Corbin yes. Burns out of the NL Central. That's a big win for Cardinals. Yeah, Cubs. the Cardinals are going to fuck around with mediocrity and maybe win the Central again. Great. Exactly. They are very much. Hey, the Brewers are not winning the division by nine games. I will freaking die by that. I would be absolutely shocked. So, yeah, we can get in some some good ball talk once the season starts. I'm excited. We're spring training for... starts on Friday. I'm so Hell excited. Yeah. I'm so excited for MLB ball. Yes. Like. I've been dying. So, but again, um, so we'll put all of your information in the show notes as well. Um, and again, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you have not yet hit that subscribe button on YouTube, please do tell all of your friends, give us a five star rating on all the platforms, Apple, Spotify, all of the other ones that I don't list. Um, and then, you know, give us nice words, say all of the nice things to us. Cause we appreciate that. So, and with that, we are going to hit end record and end the show. Yay, baseball. Woohoo. <laughs> end record. <laughs>